Hi, I'm Sally Prosser. Welcome to That Voice Podcast. Speaking with confidence and soul is the best way to strengthen your relationships, grow your business, and truly express who you are. I've helped hundreds of beautiful people break through fears, produce resonant voices, craft killer speeches, and get out there on stage or online to amplify their message. Let's drop the mic on today's episode. Let's face it, we're all a bit weird and not everyone is going to like us. But if we want to be magnetic and free in how we show up online and on stage, we need to embrace our weird and wonderful selves. And who better to talk about this than the wonderful Kate Toon? Kate is an author, a digital marketing whiz, a business mentor, and a self-proclaimed bumfluencer. Love that. (laughs) My favorite thing about Kate is that she is such a genuine person. We've been in each other's circles for a while and she's so generous with her knowledge and also support. And this episode honestly has like a bazillion nuggets of wisdom. So the key things to listen out for is how to identify the things that make you, you. The test to make sure you're showing up authentically. Kate talks about how to have the courage to show your true self to others, even the bad bits. There's some super practical hacks to avoid posting something you'll later regret. Kate tells us the best platform to start sharing online. Uh, There's also a really cool exercise to learn your unique tone of voice. Are you ready to really step into your weird, wonderful self? I'm so excited to bring you this amazing chat with Kate. Kate Toon, welcome to That Voice Podcast. So great to have you on the show. I am thrilled to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, Kate, there are so many things I love about what you do. And one of the main things is that you are unapologetically yourself. What you see is what you get. How do you do it? (laughs) Well, I guess I didn't do it for a long time. You know, I, when I started off in business, I tried to be like everybody else and, you know, professional and, and I don't know, not scruffy and, you know, just what I thought being a business owner should be. Um, and then it was exhausting. I wasn't very good at it. I didn't feel comfortable. It made it much harder to show up, as we say, you know, to do the lives, to do the whatever. And so... I started to slowly introduce myself to uh, the world gently at first. And then now I kind of just don't care. I I am who I am. And if you like me, you like me. And if you don't, you don't. And some people don't. And that's fine. (laughs) But a lot of people do. This is the thing. The more we are ourselves, the more we really attract our people. It's better to have those raving fans than just a whole lot of people who are like, oh, meh. Yeah, that's it. The vanilla. And, you know, I'm in marketing. Good marketing is about being divisive. It's as much about people disliking you as liking you. But the other thing for me is I've met a lot of my heroes. And when you meet them and they are so different to the persona they put out online it's so disappointing and I never want someone to meet me and go wow you're not quite the person I thought you were you know I I hate that I really want people to meet me and think I'm just just as I came across yeah it's it is it's the best compliment isn't it when people meet you and go oh I feel like I know you and you're just like you are online you're like oh great doing something right there so take us through we hear a lot these phrases be yourself just go out there and don't try to be something else. Have you got any practical examples? What were the parts of you that you were 
potentially holding back because you thought they weren't quote unquote professional and then you slowly started to show? Yeah, I mean, I think what makes us us, it's your interests, it's your sense of humour, it's your quirks. So often we will hide those things. Like, you know, if you're mad about cats or something, <laughs> you might mention you have a cat, but the fact that you're, you have cat wallpaper in your bedroom and wear cat pyjamas, you might keep that to yourself. <laughs> Don't share that because someone else is going to find that adorable, hilarious and find a real engagement point. Quirks, anything weird that you do, as long as it's not too weird. I mean, you know, some things we don't want to share. Your sense of humor <laughs> is a difficult one because sometimes my sense of humor, I'm very dry, I'm British and very sarcastic, love a bit of banter. And sometimes that doesn't translate on Facebook comments and people are like, what? And I'm like, it was a joke, it was a joke. You need a sarcasm font. Um, and then, you know, your values. So I think in the last couple of years, through all the Black Lives Matter and covid there was a lot of discussion about where do you stand on the issue of this? Where do you stand on the issue of that? And traditionally, we're taught in business not to share that stuff. Don't talk about religion. Don't talk about politics. But I think these days, people want us to share our opinions on these kind of issues and to be who we are. Like if you are a card-carrying member of the Ku Klux Klan, you know, maybe tell people that because I don't want to work with you if you are. You don't want to choose someone or go and see someone speak or listen to their podcast for episode after episode and then find out they've got this horrible nefarious side of them that you never knew about so I just think you need to lay all your cards on the table even the bad ones absolutely it's uh, it's just as much about telling people who we're not for than telling people who we're for recently on uh, Instagram I put a post up about periods <laughs> you <know>? yeah <laughs> And my partner said the same thing. He's like, oh, do you really want to be putting that out there? And I said, if somebody is watching that and saying, because she's speaking about that, I don't want to work with her, then I probably wouldn't want to work with them anyway. So Exactly. You know, it takes a while to get that confidence to talk about that kind of stuff. We're seeing more and more people talking about their neurodiversity, you know, gender issues. I've spoken a bit more about the fact that I gave up alcohol and that I've had depression. You know, I don't think you need to share all your sad stories. You know, I don't think you should use trauma as a token to win fans and influence. But I think if it's relevant to your story and your audience, then why not? You are a fully formed human being who has periods. We're allowed to talk about these things. And if, as you said, if people don't like that, then they're probably not for you. Yeah. So what about, what will people think? It's on the internet forever. What will people think? How will they judge? How do you overcome that fear? Well, the thing is, I mean, I do think you should be conscious that it is on the internet forever. Unfortunately, I think we should be conscious of that. And also that what you share in a private space is not private. There's a fantastic book by John Ronson called You've Been Publicly Shamed, uh, which is about a couple of people who shared things, you know, somewhat in private, and then they were public and it ruined their lives. You know, they were known for that forever. So I do think you have to tread relatively carefully. Um but also, if you post something that is not quite right and you apologize and you say that you'll learn from it, that's the end of it. What do people want from you, you know, to flagellate yourself in public? So, you know, I do think there needs to be a degree of caution. We can't just go out there just spouting forth about every issue. I think we need to take pause. Don't make videos when you've had a couple of glasses of wine. Don't make videos in anger. Don't react. So, you know, sometimes people will post stuff online that's quite triggering. And I have to sit back and go, why am I triggered by that? Do I need to wade into this discussion? You know, don't 
get to the point where you're arguing with strangers on the internet. I mean, that's kind of, you know, try and take the moral high grounds. You know, you don't need to answer every comment. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I do think it's something to be conscious of. And I think that's unfortunately what puts people off saying anything at all because they're so scared of making a mistake and it being around forever. Mm. And this is the thing, even though the things we put on the inter- internet may be permanent, it doesn't mean we as humans need to be permanent. Like I know there are a lot of things that I've posted in my past that I would com- think completely differently about now, alcohol being one of the same things for me as well. Uh, and that's okay. Yeah, we're allowed to evolve. We're allowed to evolve. We're allowed to change. So yeah. I think that um, that message is also helpful. It is. And the truth is, at the end of the day, if someone's determined to take offence from what you're doing or determined to dislike you, they'll find something. You could have posted the most innocuous post in the world and someone somewhere will be pissed off about it. I did a funny post in my uh, Facebook group, Misfit Entrepreneur, with a, just a picture of an egg. And I was like, let's see how much of an argument we can have about this egg. And there were like 250 comments. It was all in jest, but it looked like a thread about some issue. Do you know what I mean? And it just showed that. It was hilarious. People were saying, why haven't you credited the the chicken who laid this egg? You know, (laughs) this egg is setting up unrealistic standards for eggs in the environment. You are perpetuating a myth of eggdom. It just went on and on and on and on. And, And I think the thing is, if someone's determined to dislike you, they will find a way, even if you haven't posted something out there or weird. Yeah. So let's talk about that word weird. Why are we afraid to be weird? There's a great person I follow on Twitter called The Captain. And he said, a post the other day, he said, we need more people who are genuinely weird, not cultivated, curated weird, not trying to be wacky, but just being themselves and sharing their oddness. Weirdness is what makes humans brilliant. Who are the people you remember in your life? They're not the vanilla people they are the people who wore a weird jumper or said something odd at an event or made you laugh or said something really inappropriate weirdness is memorable weirdness is adorable and endearing but weirdness is divisive so the reason why people don't want to do it is because they're scared of people not liking them we're all want to be liked at our core being we want to be liked and accepted by the tribe you know we don't want to be the outcast living in our own little cave while everyone else is over there eating the mammoth we want to be part of that mammoth gang you know the thing is though everyone is weird and if you put your weirdness out there you find the other weirdos that are weird like you there's there's train spotters and there's people who are obsessed with shoes and there's people who make donuts every weekend you'll find your people but you won't find them if you're not sharing that stuff because they won't be attracted to you Mm. so not being the people pleaser putting your weirdness out there. You know, I feel like we can hear a lot of these messages. What's something practically somebody could do today to take one step to put out there? I'm thinking of like the bat signal, put out the weirdo bat signal to call the other weirdos in. What? Because not everybody is ready to, you know, bear it all on a live Instagram, for example. What's a small step that someone can take? Well, I think first, the first step is to <clears throat> redefine your concept of weird. You do not need to be a huge extrovert, wacky, dacky, hilarious person to share your true self. If we take weird away and just do wonderful self in this title, mm. find your wonderful. Yeah. Find what you think makes something a little bit different about you that you love, like you're obsessed with roller skating. And I think one of the easiest places to start sharing that stuff is in Instagram stories. 
because they are transient they do mm. go away yeah. you know like of all the things on the internet they're probably the most transient yeah i agree and i find that that's a people expect from stories that behind the scenes raw more used stuff and then you can keep your wall all professional and sexy and lovely you know you can you can do that um and i think that's one way to start just showing hey look this is what i'm doing at the weekend and it's a picture of you roller skating and someone someone's gonna go oh my god i love roller skating great get that little bit of encouragement in your writing online wherever it may be just start to introduce a few of your favorite idioms and phrases and weird adjectives we've all got weird turns of phrases we may not be able to hear them but other people can so one way to find that out is to record yourself speaking don't write record yourself speaking like pick the topic that you love you know if you were talking about speaking you could talk about that for 45 minutes without taking a breath right although you would because breathing's important <laughs> you know pick your topic talk about it out loud as if you're talking to a good friend and record that then go through what you've said and try and highlight any phrases which are a bit unusual, any idioms or metaphors or similes or adjectives that are very you, and then make a list of them. And that becomes your personal tone of voice. That's your style guide. And over-egg them. Start using those phrases more and more often, and people will start to recognize your writing without even knowing who it is you know sometimes people will read a post of mine and they'll be like I knew it was yours before I even saw the photo and I'm like mm. oh I, I've got yeah. that there I really I've, I've knocked it down and that might mean that you slightly over egg it for a while you slightly over you know what I mean you slightly overdo it just to get people to recognize it and then you can pull that back again um somebody used chat gtp the other day and said write a blog post like Kate Toon and it was like a caricature of my writing it was all my stupid phrases in one it sounded awful that is brilliant yeah yeah um, and my my team sometimes try and write like me and they it's kind of quite awful because they overdo it but what it shows me is they're recognizing my phrases so yeah create your own little style guide would be another tip hearing you say that reminded me of how I was very heavy into the hairbrush microphone <laughs> for quite a long time like a lot of my TikToks were hairbrush microphone and I did a lot of I you always mean like have... really really a hairbrush yeah 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 I haven't got one here which is unusual but like... I've got so many TikToks where I just speak into a hairbrush I love that and that's what I became known for for a while and yeah. I haven't been doing as much of those however I brought it out at a, a speaking engagement I did on the weekend to do a little bit of silly lip syncing <laughs> had to be there it was awesome and somebody was like oh yes I always remember you Sally with the hairbrush microphone this is it this is it it can be a you know we've talked about uh stories and tone of voice but it could be a signature item that you always wear or a certain greeting like when you start your podcast or whatever you're saying you say hello whatever you know like Rove used to finish off his show saying say say hello to your mum for yeah. me you know you don't you can have a little catchphrase or something you say so at the end of every one of my book podcasts I say uh, remember the world will wait which is the mantra mm. of my book mm. and I kind of want to be associated with that phrase so having catchphrases having a hairbrush or whatever it may be I think I once told people I liked hedgehogs right and I tell you I can't tell you the number of hedgehogs I can't find them oh here's one the number of people who send me hedgehogs now because I mentioned it once, you know, once or twice. I've become forever associated with hedgehogs and you will be hairbrushes. Next time I see you, I'm bringing you a hairbrush. That's and so that's, funny. That's cute because you know what that means? That means people know you, 
they like you, they trust you, and they remember you. Because you remember the little details about people you like, you know, you really do. Or people you really violently hate. So it's one or the other. <laughs> mm, yeah, I love that. And do you also think that the older we get, the less we care about what people think about ourselves? I mean, look, I would say that I still massively care. I'd love to say that I'm some kind of, you know, doyen of cool zenness. It still cuts when people don't like you. Um, but what I try and do is I try and hold myself somewhere in the middle so I don't let the praise take me too high and therefore the negativity can't take me too low. I kind of bob around in the middle. I do what I do every day regardless of people's opinions of me. So it's not that it doesn't hurt, but I don't let it impact my work and my business. Oh, um, yes, there's this great quote. If we live for people's acceptance, we die by their rejection. You can't have a degree of popularity without having some degree of haters, you know, and as you get bigger and bigger, there's going to be more people loving you, but there's also going to be more people disliking you because that's just way human nature. Um, and you can't just go, well, all I want is the love. I don't want any of that negativity because that's just human nature. So you have to learn to put that in a little box or as I do, screen grab it and share it on social media as content. And then I don't have to come up with a post. <laughs> oh, yes. I'm the same. When I get a mean comment, I'm like, yes. I loved the one the other day. What was it? You're, you're in, you're, you've got one foot in the grave or something like that. What was it? Oh, about yes. Menopause? It was the menopause one. It was, um, you don't count. You've been in menopause since the Roman Empire. Suck <laughs> it up. I mean, look, you've got to admit, that's a pretty funny quote. It was so hilarious. And I was like, yes, I've been wanting to speak about periods. Here's my chance. Oh, <laughs> was it? And you're like, thank you. Thank you, little troll, for giving me a whole great piece of content. Yeah, and for a while there, I was also doing the hate comment news where I would like yes. be like a news reporter. Um, at yes. the desk and I would read the comment. Yes, you know? I love it. And I love your newsreader voice. And there's that whole um, thing on, I think it's Saturday Night Live, where it's like uh, celebrities read mean tweets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, literally people say the most dreadful things and they're just laughing and laughing. I think it's amazing. So you have to be able to laugh about this because really what kind of person takes time out of their day to sit and carefully craft a comment about you, someone they don't even know, that's their day. That's what they do with their day. Really, you have to feel a bit sorry for them. So, you know, you can't not live your best life just because some weird dude called Alan in his garage might write a comment on your post, you know? <laughs> I know this episode is good. And so are my pep talks in your pocket. These short audio tracks tell you exactly what you need to hear before speaking. So there's one to calm your nerves, one to warm up your voice, get your breathing under control and ditch the self-doubt that can creep in. So many of my clients have said, Sal, I so wish I had you in my ear before speaking. Well, now you can. It's like the ultimate hype girl right when you need it. And these are 100% free to download and keep forever so you can have them handy before your next speech, presentation, meeting or hitting record on the video. The link is in the show notes or head to my website sallyfosser.com.au and you'll see the link. Okay, back to the episode. So your book is out now, Six Figures in School Hours. It's such a great read. And for somebody who is not a parent and I've decided not to have children, it was mm. just a rollicking read. Like I was <laughs> flicking through going, oh, I don't know how much of this is relevant, but it was so engaging because of your turn of phrase, because of your word choice. I'm not sure if you mentioned Alan, but you definitely did at the book launch. It's just such a funny thing to say. 
Yeah, it's funny because my editor was going through the edit. I have my own editor, but the editor at the book company who doesn't know me was like, did you mean to say this? Did you mean throughout the book? It was like, did you mean to say this? Did you mean this? I'm like, no, no, I meant that because I love to take normal idioms, you know, like the elephant in the room and change it into like the badger in the room. I mean, that's Mm. not a particularly funny one, but I love to take standard turns of phrase and mess with them. So you read it and you go, huh? I love that moment where people go, oh, what did that say? And they read it again. And that to me is a great moment, you know. And I love little asides. So you're talking, talking, talking. And then you go, bubba-de-bubba-de-bub. And then you keep on talking. Mm. You know, it's like when you're, doing a, when you're doing great speaking, when you see great speakers, one of the things I love with great speaking is the TED Talk pause. You know, where they walk across the stage and they get a sip of water and they're really just working out what they're going to say next, let's be honest. Uh, but I also love the speaker that can talk and then do an aside about what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, did I just say that? That's really weird. OK, let's carry on. And I think you can do that in writing as well. So yeah. use of pauses and use of odd idioms and also almost breaking. The, is it the fourth wall or the third wall? I never the fourth remember. Fourth wall, yeah. The fourth wall. And actually talking to the audience i mean you're talking mm. to the audience the whole time but then you talk to the audience yeah you're you know s- I mean self-aware that? of the performance and yeah. uh, kate what you also did vocally there just for people to listen is whenever you do an aside all you do is drop the pitch of your voice and then return yes. to the regular pitch so yes. it's kind of like you actually dip down in the pitch and then dip back up yeah well done good for, i didn't realize i was even doing that i love yeah, that it's like la 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 little aside la la yeah. la <laughs> The speakers I love are the ones that are self-aware. There's nothing worse than a speaker who sticks to a script, clutches the lectern and delivers that speech dead with no gaps and no pauses and no audience interaction. I love it when someone heckles me from the audience or shouts something out or does whatever. Great. It's like being a stand-up comedian. Mm. How you roll with those punches is really important on stage. Uh, So on podcasts, it's a bit easier because you've got the audience is not talking back to you mm. but on stage you know I want audience interaction but you've got to be able to think quickly and on your feet and come back with a great retort and that's quite challenging for a lot of people yeah you do a lot of speaking and you've been out speaking promoting your book recently as well yeah. what has been the biggest lesson you could share I think for me because I speak on sort of subject matter expertise you know I'm putting myself out there and saying I know about SEO I know about copywriting a, Which you do, by the way, if you SEO and copywriting. Yeah. They're kind of what I built my business on. But there is obviously a, a fear that someone in the audience is going to call you out and say, that's not true. That doesn't happen. You don't know what you're talking about. And the thing that I've learned to accept is that, yes, the collective knowledge of the room will be greater than my own. Yeah. There's going to be someone somewhere in that room who knows more about that element than I do. That's okay. Um, that I can stand up there and I'm not meant to be an omnipotent orb of knowledge. I am sharing my lived experience of this topic. Mm. And you cannot argue with my lived experience. And also how to handle those objections. So if someone puts their hand up and says, you know, hey, I don't think that's true and I don't think that's how it works. Has that happened? Yeah, yeah, of course. To be able to come back and go, that's really interesting. Maybe we could pick that up after the presentation, have a chat about that. I'd love to hear your opinion on that. I'm always open to learning. That shuts people down because that mm. person just wanted to heckle. Yeah. And then someone else, the other one, I remember seeing a man speaking at a conference and, and someone said, hey, what? I want to ask you this question, blah, blah, blah. And he went, I don't know the answer to that. He didn't say, sorry, I don't know the answer to that. He didn't apologize. It didn't erode him. He just went, I don't know the answer to that. Mm. That was it. 
full complete sentence. Uh, it was absolutely fine for him not to know. You don't mm. need to know everything. So I think that's it. The collective knowledge of the room is bigger than your own, and that's okay. You're there to share your lived experience. And that if people have opinions and ideas that are different to your own, acknowledge them, say that you're keen to learn, and move on. Such fantastic advice because it really combats that very common thought process of I don't know enough. Mm. No one can argue with our lived experience. Exactly. And, you know, there are many ways to do the same thing. So if you go, yep, that sounds like a really great idea. I hadn't thought of it that way. Thank you. Thank you very much. There's nothing that shuts someone down more than agreeing with them and thanking them. Then if if you go, actually, I don't think that's true either. And then you get into a little debate. Mm. People can't keep going if you acknowledge them. And and often the people who do try and heckle and be difficult in the audience, which is very rare, by the way, anybody who's thinking of speaking, it's very, very rare in my experience. They really just want a a bit of attention. Mm. So you've given them the attention, you've acknowledged them, you've acknowledged that their idea is great, and then that's them done. The other thing I think as well is that as a speaker, we are generally on a stage. Like there is a physical aspect to this, and I'm sure you've talked about this before. When people are above you, you tend to look up to them, mm. right? So you're, you're looking up to them. There is a level of expectation. 99% of the audience is wishing you well. They are not hoping you will fail. They are not sitting there going, oh, who she thinks she's speaking. The fact that you're on stage, people accept that you have something to say. And, and I think that's the other thing to be conscious of. No one's sitting there waiting for you to mess up. Oh, and one other one which is my favorite, is that no one knows what you were planning to say. <laughs> so if you miss a point or miss a whole slide, that's fine. Like I'll often bring up a slide in my presentation and be like, I can't remember what I was supposed to say on the slide. So let's all just enjoy it for a minute. And then I move on because I've just forgotten what I was going to say yeah. on that slide because I'm a human being uh, and I don't use notes. But no one knows that. If I didn't draw attention to the fact that I'd forgotten it, no one would know because they don't see my bullet points before I start. Exactly. It's all part of being your weird and wonderful self. Exactly. Just turn up, do you, and people will either love you or hate you, and there's nothing you can do about that. Oh, Kate Toon, so great. How can people work with you? Where can they find you? Uh, well, you can go to katetoon.com and you know delve into the wonderful Tooniverse, as I call it. So many different businesses and courses and podcasts. Um, but yeah, katetoon.com. Amazing. Kate, was there anything else you wanted to add? No, I just think I encourage everybody to follow you on uh, TikTok because you're amazing on TikTok. I love all your content there. And to be brave and, and give it a go. Have a little go at speaking. Start small. And who knows, before you know it, you'll be up on stage being heckled. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Kate Toon, thank you so much for coming on That Voice podcast. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to That Voice Podcast. If this episode resonated with you, please share it on social media or DM me at That Voice Podcast and at Sally Prosser Voice on Instagram. And for episode details straight to your inbox, leave your email at www.thatvoicepodcast.com.